Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. You've got the Tunes of the Afternoon show. It is listener-powered KEXP 90.3 FM in Seattle, heard all over the world online, kexp.org. You just heard music from LCD Sound System from the new release, Electric Lady Sessions, basically uh, the band playing live in studio, doing some radical reworks of some of, uh, from some of their songs as well as some cool covers. And you heard a different version of uh, You Wanted a Hit. Uh, uh, Maribou State right before that remixing Fatboy Slim's Praise You and Ross from Friends remixing Maribou State's Wallflower starting off the set as I am uh, excited to welcome Maribou State live on the afternoon show Chris Davids and uh, Liam Ivory welcome thank you so much for having us yeah it's great to have you here you're playing uh, tomorrow night at Numo's we are we can't wait very excited it's going to be a great space to see you they, uh, they put in a new sound system about a year ago. It just sounds really awesome in there. Perfect. And it's a really, uh, really tight, intimate space. So, um, again, thanks for joining me on the afternoon show. Do you mind introducing who you've got with you today? Of, and then Yeah, of course. It would be my pleasure. So, yeah, um, we're here with our drummer, Mr. Johnny Cade. We are here with uh, bass player and percussionist extraordinaire, Mr. John Joe Williams. And then we have the lovely Miss Holly Walker on vocals. And then we also have our front of house engineer, Mr. Johnny Famous, who's in the other room, and our trusty backline tech, Alistair Pritchard. It's great having you here. It is Maribou State Live on KEXP.
emotional crisis over your slow pulse rate. I'm picking up more nervous ticks, you're staying inside, playing dead. And every time my dog boxes a bomb dropping overhead, you can show your breathing. an absolutely fantastic Maribou State live in studio here at KEXP. Lots going on in the studio right now. This is cool. Uh, two songs from uh, the most recent album. You just heard Nervous Ticks and The Feel Good starting off that set, a song that uh, you guys collaborated with uh, with KEXP faves Kroonbin on. And uh, so 
Kingdoms in Color, just one of the best albums of last year, wonderfully seductive and radiant. And uh, there was about a three-year gap between that album and Portraits, the uh, debut album. I know you toured extensively in between that time. And uh, traveling is so great. It's so uh, great at opening one's mind and um, to different perspectives and, and to a more empathetic worldview and could you tell me about the role that music has played for you in expanding your horizons culturally? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think f for us, like every place that we travel to, we've kind of like picked up records from there or samples or, and all of that has just, um, just inspired us maf massively into what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think like when we first started, like on the first record, we was we were just starting to kind of get into world music and listen to music from other parts of the world, and uh, it was kind of an insular album. And then we got to travel, luckily, from the the first album, and then that's when we really started to like indulge in music from different parts of the world, and but it became like a really big influence for us, and it definitely grew massively over that period. Are you uh, crate diggers? I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. We we've, we've delved into it every now and then, but. Yeah, no. So it's just mostly through the experiences or people you're meeting on the road? Yeah, mainly all through like going out to, to shows when we're abroad or like collecting samples from music that we've had in the street. Um, yeah, or meeting people. Yeah, meeting people. Um, Sharing music and stuff. Like we, we collect vinyl because like, we like having it, but because we're a bit younger, it's not like, like going and hunting in the record stores was not something we ever really did as kids. Like, so we find our music online yeah, yeah. or just through connection with people like in person. Oh, and uh, also recording stuff because, uh, Chris, I know you've mentioned that uh, you record a lot, uh, a lot of field recordings yeah. on the road. And I, I love what you, you said, something you were comparing it to uh, traveling with a camera. Yeah, I just feel like, for me, I, I personally don't travel with a camera. I have a little bit on this trip, but prior to this, I haven't. And for me, like, grabbing field recordings is like taking a memento from wherever I am in the world. Um, and it's like taking a little snapshot and, like, a memory, and it kind of feels really nostalgic. Um, yeah. Now, there's a lot of different uh, styles of, uh, you know, sampling, and a lot of times it sounds, like, cut up, and, and that's all cool and okay. But, uh, but you guys really seamlessly work in your field recordings and your samples as part of uh, just inherently part of the, the songs themselves. And I think you do a great job at that. Thank you. Uh, um, can you give me a few specific examples of some of the field recordings or samples that, may, that, that showed up on some of the songs on this most recent album, like Nervous Ticks? Is there anything in there? That, yeah, there's um, Nervous Ticks. Correct me if I'm wrong because my, um, my memory's not very good. But oh. Nervous Ticks is from, the, from Beijing yeah. where we, yeah, went yeah. In, we went into a music store and we, rec we recorded a... Oh, man. Don't put that on me. <laughs> it's like it a, a, it's a long, inch, long stringed instrument. Um, and we, we snuck in there and like, pretended to be looking around, but we were secretly recording everything <laughs> and, and plucking at the instruments. And that was like that sample was the basis of, of Nervous Ticks originally. That, the first thing started off there. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's super cool. And, and that you can do that in a way that makes it sound like uh, your own songs. Or they are your own songs. But, you know, like just so seamlessly incorporated into, into the tracks, even to the point where you might not remember where they came from originally. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love this idea of just uh, collecting sounds. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a big part of... I think it's always been a big part of the music we made. Yeah. So to what extent does environment matter when actually recording an album? Yeah, like for us, it's paramount. It's absolutely everything. Um, 
from the first album where we first wrote it, it was, like I said, very insular. It was in a shed in my parents' garden. That's what it was called, right? Your yeah. studio of the shed. The shack in the back, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were in the forest, we were in like the suburbs, and like that really fed into the music. And on the second album, we moved into London. And when we first started writing, for almost a year maybe, we really struggled. We couldn't, uh, like new surroundings, new studio. We couldn't really get anything done, so we started packing our studio up and moving out to the countryside for a week or two at a time. We would hire these cottages or barns and we'd move our kit in there and we'd just write for two or three weeks. And it was those trips that actually gave us the ideas that we took back to London and then kind of made them all like part of the record. So you'd almost do like uh, pre-recording sessions? Yeah, kind of. They were just, they were more like, so we'd have a week and just map out loads of ideas, just do five or six yeah. different random like, you know. And what, what was, what? What was important about that? Was it just being isolated and not distracted? I think, yeah, in the end, when we look back, it is just purely the isolation of it all. Because like Liam said, that's what we had back at the old studio. But in the end, we kind of learned to channel the sort of hecticness of London into the music. So like songs like Turn Mills, we would have never written anything like that back in the, the shack. Countryside, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, in the end, it just, it just it's, I guess for us, it's all about, it takes us time to adapt, and it took like a year and a half to just feel rooted in, in London. Yeah, part of that could have just been the uh, intensity being on the road, too, you know, just needing to decompress a little. I think, yeah, that could have played a part. So, so we just got back from a week in London, our first broadcast live there. Man, it's such a great scene. Yeah, and do you know what's funny? Um, the building next door to where you did your session. Yeah, 9294. That's our studio. No way. That's exactly, the, that's, where we wrote, that's where we wrote this album. Yeah, so funny. Hackneywick. Yeah. It's not Acneywick. It's not Acneywick. <laughs> Billy Bragg said, you, you got to drop the H, Acneywick. Acneywick, yeah. And no, it's not, like, I don't know. No, it's an incredible place. It's changed so much over the years, but it's been perfect for us to, yeah, to make this record there. Yeah, you could feel it. It felt like sort of an interesting, I mean, you're in the middle of a huge city, but it felt sort of isolated in its own way. Like, yeah. Holly lives there, yeah. actually. An amazing graffiti. <laughs> so there are people that live there. <laughs> the streets were pretty uh, bare. It, it's <laughs> a funny place because everyone lives in the warehouses and in different parts. Like most people, I'd say, live further away from the train station. So when you get there, it looks quite desolate and like, yeah, yeah. suburban. But um, it's not. Holly's lurking around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first song you played. Uh, Feel Good, you, you collaborated with Karun Binan, and um, man, we love them here. Uh, how, how'd you hook up with them, and what was that like? Um, so we, we first met, well, we first heard them about two years before making any music with them, and they became like our favorite band, I think, during that time. And then we were playing a show at Coco in, in Camden, in London, and we just hit them up asking if they wanted to support us. And then they played the show, and then afterwards we were like, right, we definitely need to get a collaboration going. Um, and there was just multiple sort of trips. They would, when they were touring in the UK, they'd come over to our studio and then actually ended up getting the, the song that we wrote together got finished through them just sending back and forth files whilst they were on their tour bus. Yeah. Um, so I know you, you use a lot of samples and field recordings and incorporate those into songs. Is, was this a different type of experience actually having them at times at least in the studio and yeah, working it, on ideas together it was but it, like Chris was saying because like in, in times we were just sending files back and forth it was kind of similar to our normal process but it was funny because the second time like on this second album we made a very conscious like decision to work with more people because the first one was like as I said very insular 
Um, so yeah, it, it was it was kind of a new experience, but we still somehow managed to kind of work it in the same way that we always do. How important it is, is it for you as artists to kind of force yourself to work outside of your comfort zone? I think it's really important. It's something that we probably didn't realize as much on the first record, and we went into the second album probably being quite sort of stubborn and pig-headed about it. But it was actually sort of like opening our minds up and and forcing ourselves in, out of our comfort zones that, that shaped this record. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's super important. Well, congrats on a great album, Kingdoms in Color, and uh, playing tomorrow night at Numos here in Seattle, then Saturday night up in Vancouver, then down in Portland on Sunday night, and heading on uh, down to California after that. Yeah, there's a lot left. <laughs> yeah, uh, are you guys, are you gonna be touring like nuts or? Yeah, I mean, we've, so we've been in the US now for a week and a half, I think, and we, and we just drove from Minneapolis, like nonstop to get here. Um, but which we're absolutely loving. It's, yeah, not, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. It was like yeah. 40 hours in total, but it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. But then, yeah, as soon as this tour's done, we're straight into Brixton in London, a UK tour, then a European tour, then we're going to Morocco. Wow. So we've got, yeah, we've got a lot. That sounds fantastic. I, I got to ask, what made the uh, drive, because I've done this a bunch of times from Minneapolis to Seattle, fantastic? Um, it was a completely new experience for all of us. None of us had ever done a drive like that, and especially in, in America. Um, and the, the scenery in, was it? Montana. Montana yeah. was like, you know, mountains in the background yeah. and snow everywhere. It's incredible, the expansiveness as you're going through the Dakotas and then the first part of Montana is still flat, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, it's got its own sort of zen rhythm. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, great having you here. How about a couple more songs? It is Marabou State Live on KEXP.
It's Maribu State Live on the Afternoon Show. Two songs from uh, the most recent album, Kingdoms in Color, the song Glass Houses and Veil. And uh, sounding absolutely fantastic playing at Numos tomorrow night. Uh, one last question, uh, Chris and Liam. You, you both write, well, you, one, you're known for these wonderful, epic live shows. You write these songs basically as a duo in the studio. Um, how do you translate them to the live setting then? It takes a very long time, and it's something we've been crafting and trying to improve on since the first album. Um, one of the main steps this time around was bringing on Jonjo, bringing another player in, just because there is quite a lot of different things going on at once, and one thing that's always been really important to us is that it's as live as possible. So having another player has really helped that. But yeah, it just it takes a long time of just sitting down and trying to figure out the best way to do it. And something we've always done as well is that we don't um, try and think about the live project at all when we're writing the record. Yeah. Just try and keep those two things separate. Come up with great songs and then figure out a way to uh, make them live. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, listeners are in for a treat again, playing at Numos tomorrow night in Vancouver, B.C. on Saturday, then uh, Sunday in Portland, then down in uh, California, back to uh, the Ace in Brixton, you said, and yeah. Morocco, all over the place. Have a great time. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Again, thank you. Liam, Chris, Holly, uh, John Joe, and Johnny, and uh, what was the crew? John? <laughs> and Johnny and Ali. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank, thank you so much for uh, being here at KEXP, and uh, huge thanks to the KEXP audio video team and also to all of our donors who make these kind of sessions possible. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been like a big dream for us for yeah. a long time, so thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. It's awesome. It is KEXP Seattle.